Need that mic on again. And we're here. Good afternoon, Lake Norman region and beyond. Good afternoon. This is Justin Dion here coming at you live from the Cornelius Studio, WSIC, uh, for this week's Know the Scene. Know the Scene here. Yeah, I got a little bit of, little bit of live echo there. A little bit of gain. Sounds like a little bit of gain or something in the, in the sound. I wonder if I'm coming through a couple microphones. I don't know. Uh, but welcome, everybody. Welcome to this week's show. We've got a great show for you. Um, hope everybody's having a good week. Uh, we got a great guest here today, uh, Anna Dean. We're going to tell you all about her in a moment but and 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 have some great conversation with her today but uh but first i uh, just want to uh talk about some great stuff we have going on uh here uh in uh cornelius area and lake norman region specifically at the kane center for the arts this weekend we've got a great show uh with kathy matea kathy matea grammy award-winning country and bluegrass musician she is phenomenal if you if you've not i'm sure you've heard of kathy matea if you have not just pull out that iPhone or whatever you have in your pocket, whichever it is, whichever version it is, uh, and and just open that search bar and type in Kathy Matea. And I guarantee you some great stuff will come up. Uh, we do have a few tickets left for this weekend's show. Uh, not many. It's getting kind of tight. So I would encourage you to go to canars.org and purchase those tickets uh, before the show this Friday night. It's going to be a great show. Uh, then next weekend, we've got some wonderful performances as well. On Friday night, October 13th, next weekend, we've got Jeff Allen, a wonderful comedian, a big, big name, big guy coming in. Uh, I would tell you to buy tickets, but that would be leading you down the wrong path because it's sold out. That show is sold out. So, uh, so sorry, but uh, some cool news is that uh, you heard it first here. You're going to hear it first here. Are you ready? Dropping the news, dropping the news. Jeff Allen's going to come back in the spring. So you cannot buy tickets to Jeff Allen's show for October the 13th. I'm sorry, it's sold out. But you can now, officially, you heard it here first, WSIC News. You can buy tickets. Yes, that's right. Hit the theme music. Give me my theme music. Dion, baby. Right here, Dion. Give me my theme music. Um, you can buy tickets to Jeff Allen for the spring. Uh, show that's going to come out. So uh, so get on and get those tickets. But we do have a wonderful performance next Saturday, October 14th, by the Charlotte Symphony coming up. Uh, and it's going to be a great program. If you are like intimidated by the symphony and that thing, which I can understand if, if you could be maybe like, mm, I don't know, man, a symphony, classical music, ugh, awkward. Ugh. Guess what? This is going to be a great show for you, specifically great entry show because the program that the symphony is bringing on October the 14th is going to have a lot of like music from movies and movie soundtracks and stuff like that. So it's going to have like the Jaws theme, Halloween kind of vibe there, little Jaws. It's going to have like the whole suites from the Harry Potter movies. So like if you're a Harry Potter fan or someone you're in your family is a Harry Potter fan, bring them to the Kane Center next Saturday the 14th uh, to hear the Charlotte Symphony perform like the whole Harry Potter suite It'll be really cool. I've never heard it live like that. I'm excited to get the, you know, there's something about the sound and not just the sound, but like the energy and the vibrations of a full symphony, like playing all that music 
And especially in a small space like Kane Center where you've got 400 seats. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's phenomenal. So, so those are some great things that are coming up. Um, but today, today we're not talking about performing arts. That's why I had to get that out of the way first. Sorry. And I had to get that out of the way first. You know, have to do the things, plug the shows, hopefully sell some tickets. Got it. Um, but we've got a great guest here today. We're going to talk about the visual arts today, about visual arts. So know the scene is uh, is our show here, and our goal is to help people know like the what's what is that scene like when you say, yeah man, the place got a cool scene. They got a little scene going on up there. Like what does that mean, right? So so today we're going to be talking about specifically visual arts in that realm, and more than that too, because you're more than just a, I mean you're more than just a visual artist. Like you got something to say. <laughs> You know, you do, you do. Like, so, and, we'll, and I want to talk about that. So, so, uh, so Anna, Anna Grant Dean is, she has an exhibit right now at Kane Center for the Arts that is called the Art of Mechanics. It opened up at the beginning of September mm-hmm. and it is live at Kane Center through the end of October. So the end of this month. And if you haven't had a chance to see it, Come up to Kane Center. You can see it. Anytime you go to see a show, you, you the exhibit's open, the, the gallery's open, and, and Anna's artwork even moves and like permeates throughout the building and the lobbies and down the hallways. It's really neat. Um, so also, Kane Center does have public hours, uh, Tuesday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and you can just open to the public, free walk on in, and you can check out the exhibit there. So welcome to the show, Anna. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, you're our first... You're our first visual artist. Oh, wow. The pressure. We're going to say that. Yes. Bring it on the pressure. You're our first here. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on. Thanks so much for coming all the way up. Now, I'm sorry. I know you told me this like two weeks ago at the reception. You're in South Carolina? I live in Fort Mill, but my studio is in Charlotte. So I was I had a studio day today, so I didn't have that far to travel. Okay, good. But you came all you still came all the way up. And you still got to drive all the way back to Fort Mill after this interview, right? Yes, but it's a beautiful day. You're right. So I'm excited. It is. <laughs> it is. Anna and I were having some great conversation before the show about the weather, and we're in that like tricky fall time when like it's hot during the day, but you got to have a sweater for night or early in the morning. You know that little light jacket early in the morning. That's the nice. It's time, nice. Yeah. yeah, Bill's got that. Get the not quite full hoodie, <laughs> like but like zip up hoodie. Yeah, like that's that's what it is. <laughs> so Anna, tell us tell us um, all about about, you know, kind of introduce us, you know, introduce yourself to everybody on the show and that's listening. So tell us about yourself. Where are you from, Fort Mill? Originally uh, moved here from Greenville, South Carolina. Uh-huh. So we've been here since 2017. Um, and we moved here for my husband's job, but um, I used that opportunity to go back and get my master's degree. So I went back to college at the ripe old age of like 42, um, which was, a you know, kind of intimidating to, to put on a backpack and sure. be back in the classroom after all these years. Um, but it's the best thing I ever did for myself to invest in myself and um, to give it a go as an artist is something that I've always done, um, but to do it seriously. So um, it's been a, it's been a really great move to be up here. Great. So what, so what did you, so what did you study in for your graduate program? Um I got a master's in fine arts, which is a terminal degree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a it's a sixty hour program, so it's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, it's a full one. Yeah, and we don't have to. Um, you can't get a PhD for for you know fine arts. So it's it's as high as you can go. 
Um, so it's a really intense program, but we don't have to declare um, a program of study. And that's good because as you've seen, if you've seen my show, I can't seem to stick with one art form. <laughs> I can't just stick with painting or drawing. So um, I'm considered an interdisciplinary artist, which I like means it. I dabble in a lot of different things. I like that. That's, I think that's one of the cool things. I think one of the reasons your stuff works so well at the Kane Center too, because I think that's kind of us as well. Right. Like Kane Center, we dabble in, dabble in a little bit of everything. So, so all right, well, we just we just started getting to talk with Anna, but we've got a lot of time left. So we're going to go to a break real quick, and then everybody come on back. We're going to talk more about Anna, about her art. I want to hear about her journey. You guys can hear about her journey to become an artist, what inspired her, and what made her want to be so multidisciplinary. So come on back. Know the scene after the break. What is that? Sounded like me playing instrument at home. Welcome back, everybody. We're back. Know the scene. I switched microphones. Maybe it's a little bit better now. I think so. I think so, Bill. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> Billy on the sticks. <laughs> Billy boy. He's a good guy. Guys, Bill Blakely running the running the producer. Are you producer of the show? Is that like the term? Would that kind of be the term, Bill? Yeah, just just pretending. Pretending. Nah, he's great. Bill's yeah. great. <laughs> Guys, you should make sure to give Bill the... Bill, Bill, Bill's very crucial to, to everything here at WSIC, guys. Big dog, big dog. Well, all right, well, welcome back. We're here talking with Miss Anna Dean. Uh, and really great to have, again, you on the show, Anna. And we, we got to just touch, just barely touch before the break about, like, what, you know, you, you came to Charlotte from Greenville. Now, is Greenville where you're from? Pretty much. Like born and raised. Yeah. I mean, we grew up in a small town um, in Easley, South Carolina. If okay. you've ever heard of that. Um, it's really tiny. So it's just right outside Greenville. So oh, basically, neat. I'm a Greenville. Greenville native. Okay. I know Travel Dressed. It's beautiful. Some TR? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty up there. I've camped there. I've yeah. camped at Travelers Rest and then went into Greenville and enjoyed Greenville. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. So you're so you know you're 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 Carolina native. Yes, I am. Right? South mm-hmm. Carolina and, and to this area because Greenville's not too far away. Nope. Two um, hours. At all. Mm-hmm. So so there, you know, growing up in Greenville area mm-hmm. and that area of South Carolina, like when did you you know, was art something that you encountered early, I guess, right? Like when did you when did you have your, your kind of spark? So my mom was an artist, um, an incredible painter. She didn't make art anything like my art. She was mostly a naturalist painter. So she painted these super realistic um, watercolors of birds and plants. And she passed away when I was eight years old. Mm. So my earliest memories of her were sitting in our shag carpet um, downstairs in the basement and she had a blank piece of white paper and she would draw a curve and then another arc and with just a few strokes that blank piece of paper became a rabbit that was so lifelike that it could leap off the page and to me you know as a kid that was magic just to take a blank piece of paper and create something that wasn't there before so I tell people I've been chasing that rabbit my whole life I've wow. all I've ever wanted to do is make art and um just be creative. And I always had access to great art supplies and I always had wonderful art teachers. And then I went to the South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts. 
um, which is a residential program where you mm-hmm. go live with other kids that are serious about art. Um, is that like a summer program? I think the one in North Carolina they have is like during the summer. It's now a year-round school. Oh, nice. At the time that I attended, they were still raising funds for that. So I lived on Furman campus. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I was there when it was the summer. But it's now a year-round program. That's great. So, mm-hmm. so you – so, okay, so we jumped. We jumped, but – so so you're – you know, you're – your mom's an artist, mm-hmm. passes away when you're young, mm-hmm. and you, you know, I guess were inspired by her and the experience of of her artistry and talent to continue to pursue um, art and and what you had like teachers, maybe a teacher that really embraced you that helped you kind of, uh, you know, know about these opportunities because you know things like governor's school and 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 things like that you don't just fall into that. Right. I mean, someone has to have recommended you if I if I remember correctly like I mean I didn't do governor school but a couple <laughs> friends that did and, I mean they usually had a, a someone along the way who really nudged them maybe yes right I had great teachers all the way through but my high school teacher is Ann Bishop who's an incredible artist and um, she's pushed a lot of people we had a a lot of people that I went to high school with that are now doing amazing things in the arts, mostly thanks to her. And what and was your high school? A Wren High School, which is, it's kind of in between Greenville and Clemson. <laughs> okay. The best way to, to explain it. Wren, so Wren High School? Wren High School. Like shout out, it. shout out Wren High School. Yep, shout out Wren. <laughs> All right. They had great, great art teachers. Yes. Um, Ann Bishop. Um, who's no longer there, but she was incredible. And she encouraged me to apply to the governor's school, which was life-changing. You know, growing up in a small town and being kind of the weird art kid, um, it's easy to feel like you're you're this, you know, square peg. Um, so finding a school with all these other kids that were passionate like I was, um, it was, it just really opened your eyes that there is a, there are other people out there that have big ideas and yeah. um, are are passionate about what they do. What kind of things would you say when you, you know, when you, what kind of, what, are there any key maybe classes or sessions or moments that when you were at that governor's school that were like aha moments for you? Or was it just the whole thing in general, right? I mean, were there any that were really stand out in your mind? I think honestly, the whole, the whole experience, just being in a room with other kids, I feel like you know, small town high school, it's all about football and popularity and gossip. And, you know, yeah, art kids yeah, don't towns, really yeah. care about that stuff. Like art kids are busy thinking about big ideas and questions and, you know, laying outside on the stars, laying outside on the grassy lawn at Furman's campus and looking at the stars and, you know, just having meaningful conversations and also being exposed to um, these incredible professors. They brought in Paul Plishka from the Metropolitan Opera. Oh, wow. Um, we just had you know, these in amazing performances that we were exposed to that you wouldn't have gotten at your regular high school. And those inspired you as a visual artist as well. Yeah, and that's, you know, I've never considered myself just a visual artist, like you said. I've, I've always been interested in music and dance and drama, but also science and math and the intersection between all of those things. That's where I get excited. Yeah, so. I 100%. I love that. Like, I agree with that. I think that we were talking a little, little bit about at the beginning, and we... Um, you know, and, and people who have maybe listened to this show have heard me say that this is this is my like this is my mission, right? Is to help people see the art in everything. Right. Right? That that art is not just it's not linear even. It's not just one thing. It's not excuse the phrase, but like literally it's not black and white. 
Right. Right. It is. It is so many things. Especially. So I love hearing you talk about that. Mm -hmm. And contemporary art now. I mean, if you go see the show at the Kane Center that's up now, I'm not just like I said, it's not just paintings or drawings. I don't want people to feel like they have to stand apart and look at this precious thing on the wall or on a white pedestal. I, I really want my art that I make to be interactive. I want it. I want people to feel like they are a part of the work. Um, and that they're not separate from the work, that it, it the art is part of everything um, in the space. So yeah. I really love that you guys are incorporating visual art into a traditional, more performing art space. I think it's really important. Yeah, I am. Um, so, so I want to take it back for a minute because, you know, you were mentioning your mom having more of that traditional mm-hmm. um, watercolor you know, and, and gosh, what's the, what's the word that you said it was like, what she painted? Realism. Uh, realis- yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Realism. Right. And, and your stuff is, is not that <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, which is, which is great. So what, what do you think helped lead to that? Like, was there something that like switched for you that said like, cause the, I mean, I'm, I guess, you know, with, for a lot of people to, for, in my experience with artists and in, in an art, to break the rules, a lot of times you got to learn them first. Right. Right. You have to spend that time getting disciplined enough because then it also, like, n- learning all the rules and the ropes well enough is what then allows you to free yourself to then sh- stretch to the next thing. Right. So what was, was there a point or what age do you think you kind of were like, I don't think I'm a traditional artist? Yeah. So, well, I've never been, like normal <laughs> so I mean that no one's that, normal right. come on Anna. no normal. one's normal um but I did in prior to grad school my work was actually figurative like I was painting hyper-realistic imagery believe it or not really I was I'd love to see that yeah I did a series of kids wearing gas masks but it was looked like a photograph but it was a painting wow um and was I, it oil? Was it what was mostly the... acrylic? I don't really have the patience for oils. Okay, like, I work pretty quickly. Um, and I was making a series of work when I was my first semester at grad school, and I, it was in response to the 2016 election, and I was pretty upset about that. And so I was illustrating sort of my my emotions and how I what I thought about that. And my professor came up to me and he said. Anna, why? And he's British, so he's very charming. um, Why are you illustrating your anger? Why don't you throw tar at it or mud or set it on fire? Why are you illustrating how you feel? And that was a real turning point for me because it really made me challenge, um, why was I painting figuratively? He also said to me in a different conversation, um, if you already know what the work is going to be before you create it, then why do you even need to make it? Which is a really good. Such point. an art teacher thing to say, right? Because if you can see it, but it still has to be made. If you can see it that clearly in your head, then why do you even need to bring it into existence? Um, which was a really good point. And I think for a long time, the reason that I worked so figuratively and so realistically is because in the South. I feel like most people recognize art that looks like the thing that it's supposed to look like. Like if you can paint a portrait and make it look like that person, then people say, oh, you're a really good artist. Like that looks like this person or this face of flowers or this dog. But I think I needed to do that to prove to myself that I was an artist. Hmm. Like I needed to prove to myself that I could paint. Um, But at some point, like, why am I doing it? All I'm learning from this exercise is how to match this color or how to match this value or how to make it look exactly like this photo. I'm not learning anything else through this process. Hmm. So opening it up 
to becoming more of an abstract uh, process-based art form allows me to learn from the artwork itself. It informs me. Whereas before it was all like an Anna show. It was me trying to prove myself. It was just about the skill. It was, I wasn't learning anything from it. Sure. I had reached a point where I was like, okay, I know how to paint. Like I don't have to keep doing this over and over again. But that's, but that's it. I mean, that sounds like it. Mm-hmm. Like just like, I mean, that's it. That's, that was, I mean, just like you said, that was your moment. I mean, yeah. that was because you had gotten to a point where you had, had you're painting these things that are so hyper-realistic. And so is this that you're like, this doesn't, this doesn't challenge me anymore, maybe. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I have to now stretch this into something else and now really explore that. So, yes. all right, well, we're going to go to another break, mm-hmm. and we're going to explore more after the break. Thanks for listening, everybody. Know this scene's coming right back with artist Anadine. my lit that's like my lit <laughs> they can't give me the um from what i understand that's uh the the radio station can't give me like real like real songs like by the actual artists like some i don't know copyright something something of another bureaucracy um but <laughs> <laughs> but bill has done his best to get me to get me the vibes <laughs> he probably spent way too long searching for all these like Aww. We got to get that Weezer money, man. That's right. I was, try- I was trying to, like, Weezer. I was like, man, you know, give me some Weezer. Give me some this. Give me some that. Because that's, like, my general, that's, like, my vibe. That's my that's my time. Um, and then he gets me that. But they're close enough, Bill. I think they're good. I think they sound good. Um, so welcome back, to everybody. Welcome back to Know the Scene. Tuesday, nice, beautiful weather. Tuesday afternoon. Getting fallish. Mm-hmm. Fallish. I, uh, you know, we. well, I'm trying to decide if it's fool's fall. Um, or if Fool's Fall already came and gone. There was like that one week where we had Fool's Fall like two weeks ago. And it was like, it's fall. And I was like, no, it's not. It's North Carolina Fool's Fall, guys. Get ready. Summer's going to come back and hit you again. You'll be at a December Panthers game in short sleeves because <laughs> that's what happens. And probably, you know, in a bad state because the Panthers are not doing great right now. Um, but anyways, welcome back to another scene here with artist Anna, Anna Dean. Um, real quick, if... Uh, Thank you for listening to everybody. Uh, WSIC 105.9 FM, 100.9 FM, 1400 AM. Um, if you'd like, you can uh, watch the show on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Um, and if you aren't listening live, but listen later, you can listen on Apple Podcasts. So actually... You know, why don't you go ahead and go to that app on your phone with that podcast and look up Know the Scene, WSIC, and smash that subscribe button. (laughs) Smash that subscribe button so you get, you will automatically every week get fresh Know the Scene episodes live on your phone. You can listen to it after. It's okay. You don't have to listen live. You can listen to it the morning after. It's a great show to listen to, I think, you know, maybe at work. Right? While you're like doing a little bit of work, having your coffee in the morning, or maybe that late afternoon, like drag at the end of the afternoon when you're like, man, I'm just trying to get through the last hour. Put on another scene. It's good. It's good times. We got great guests like Anna, who's here talking about. 
her artistic journey. Guys, she's a fantastic artist. If you have not gone to Kane Center, I'm just going to stop saying if you have not, because I'm just going to be real. I think most of you listen haven't even been yet. So I'm going to just start saying, go to the Kane Center. Go to Kane Center. Go see Anna's exhibit. It's phenomenal. And one of the reasons it's phenomenal is Anna's art is phenomenal. And one of the reasons her art is phenomenal is because her approach to um, multidisciplinary styles of art. So, so I want to go back real quick. Um, before we talk about this exhibit specifically, I want to go back to the transition because we were kind of there. You were talking about when you, you know, you had spent years and years, you'd gone to governor's school in South Carolina, you had, you had gotten to, you were doing this, like you said, hyper realistic acrylic art that if I understand what you said correctly, like you would look at it and people would maybe not understand that it was actually painted by their hand, by your hand. Right. Like that realistic. Right. So, so the next so then, but you have this moment where this professor pushes you in graduate school, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of says, well, if you're just going to do it like that, then what's the point of doing it, I guess, to summarize. And so that helped maybe nudge you toward the next step in your artistic evolution. Right. Which yeah. is which is to try different materials. Yeah. I right? Think, Something like that? Yes. And I think for me, um, now art is something that... I don't go into it with like a preconceived idea of what this thing is going to look like. I go into my studio with a question. And so I go into the studio with a question and then I find the materials that are the best, um, that offer the most interesting possibilities for me to examine that question. So every time I'm in the studio, I'm working with something different. Often I've never used it before, or if I've used it before, I've used it in a different way. So for example, at the Kane Center right now, there's a big sculpture and it's recirculating milk. Um, originally it was milk. and Is that real milk? It, it was originally in the first sculpture, but obviously I can't have milk in there for, right, you know, yeah, three months. Stank. So what I used <laughs> is this stuff called magic milk that I have to get shipped from London. What? Because it's what mag- magicians use when they're doing a magic trick and they want to make something look like What? Milk. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I thought you just had some kind of like... I thought you made some kind of custom mixture at home or something and well, just had I it in there. Well, I tried that. No. I, tried <laughs> Look, that I tried that. But it kept clogging the pump of the fountain, so I wow. had to get the magic milk. So That is so cool. Yeah, and it's sitting in a six And you made that specifically for this exhibit? Yes. I mean, this milk stuff. Yes. Or you, you or bought, found bought, it. You found it. Yes. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So anyway, the reason that I used milk was because it was important for me to have a material that I felt represented something that was true. And being a mother myself, I feel like mother's milk is like the purest, truest thing that there is. I mean, every mother wants to be able to feed their child. Like that's, that's, it can't get more true than that, you know? And so when I was looking for a material that to me represented truth, I thought of milk. And um, so that's where I'm at now, like in my studio process, like I think of an idea and then I keep playing with materials until I find the material, which is usually a non-traditional material. Um, but I just find like there's more potential in that than to go to the art supply store and use paint. If you use oil paint, you're dragging along the history of the entire Western art movement of paint. 
And I'm just not interested in that. Like I'm much more interested in like finding different materials. Like the sculpture I have up right now at Brooklyn Collective in Charlotte is made out of um, thousands of COVID vaccine vials. So I'm, I'm much more interested in the potential of unexplored materials. Cool. That's so interesting. And your mm-hmm. well, and the second piece that you have, she's got. So again, this it when, when you come because you're listening and you're going to come, you come to Kane Center and see this exhibit before it leaves in November, early November. Um, so so you've got the piece in the gallery. Um, the I, I'm call like a horn type looking memory uh, hole. Memory mm-hmm. hole. Yes, the memory hole with the milk. And then you've got the big circular piece in the center of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is made of wood it's and CNC cut wood. Yeah, and then just threaded rod and bolts, and I singed the wood with a blowtorch. Yes, and you've even got, but then you even did a custom, a custom um, projection. Yep. Right. So that video, we project on the wall with a video. Exactly, and that video is ink dropping through water. And I'm very interested. Most, a lot of my work um, investigates ideas about chaos and order. And so when I was researching chaos, I was reading about fluid dynamics because turbulence is something that's really unpredictable and you can't really um, guess what kind of shapes turbulence is going to create. So I was measuring the exact amount of ink and dropping it into the same place in a tank of water over and over, but each time it would create different shapes. And in my research, I learned that human beings find um, order within symmetry because our bodies are symmetrical. You have one eye on each side, one ear on each side. So when I take these really unusual, random, abstract, chaotic shapes and I make them symmetrical, people start to identify with them and they say, oh, I see a face, I see a butterfly, I see a robot, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it becomes something identifiable. So it's really interesting to me to take this like chaotic, unpredictable shape, but then create something that that becomes bodily. Um, The human body and its interaction with my pieces is really important. Part, even though I'm working non-figuratively now, I do I do want the human body to be implicated, and that's why the scale of all of my pieces is usually really big, so that it immerses your body and you are encouraged to walk up to it, to look closely, to interact with it. Um, so I, I do feel like the the scale is really plays an important role. I love that. Well, and what's cool too is like sometimes I feel like um, sometimes. This is from, you know, me being an, like, I, I like art, obviously, like I, but I do not claim to be an art, like aficionado, right? I do not claim to be able to wax poetic about what the, you know, all these textures or (laughs) things or, I mean, I, I, or whatever one might say, right? I definitely, um, but sometimes I feel like large pieces of art, like large pieces sometimes um, can miss some of the, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes really large pieces of art can miss some of the detail sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like your pieces have so much d- detail in them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, like there's a lot of intentionality and detail. And I don't want to say all artists don't do this. I'm, I know artists do. Like I know artists are intentional about it. And you and I were talking at the um, reception like last week or two ago about your oil 
your oil rig like mm-hmm. type piece, right? And how I had noticed something about that. So, um, so all right, well, we're going to talk more with Anna. Uh, one more break, and then we'll have one more section to talk with Anna here at the end. Uh, know the scene. We'll be right back. Right, little chaos there, little chaos theory in the music here. Listen, do you have a certain kind of hey? Do you do you listen to music when you? I assume you probably do. Yeah. What do you have a do you have a do you have a certain kind or do you just kind of go or are you being chaos theory about it and you just turn it on and whatever's on is whatever's gonna happen that day. Um, I have like a playlist, but sometimes it just depends on the day. Sure. It just depends on what I'm feeling that day. Yeah. So. Is is it, and is it all kinds? I mean, like across the board of kinds of music, or is yeah, it kind of? Yeah, it's a little every. It just really depends on the day. It could be Goose. I'm a big fan of Goose. I don't know Goose. They're awesome. Yeah, check them out. I will. I have to check them out. Jam bands, anything from that to like Wu Tang to just a little bit of everything. Yep. The Wu, <laughs> the Wu. Got to, got to. It's prophetic. Yeah. Wu Tang is prophetic. A lot of that old school. Yep. Fuji's. Love yes. the Fuji's. Actually, the DJ from the Fuji's played at one of my art shows when I was what? in Miami. I know. Isn't that crazy? Wow. For Miami that is Week. cool. I didn't go for a year. That's awesome. Uh, it was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet. That's super cool. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. So back with Anna Dean. Last little segment here, guys. Um, by the way, if you have any... Um, if you have a question for Anna or anything and you want to call in, you can call 844-STUDIO-4. That's 844-788-3464 um, if you have a question for Anna. So, but I want, to, I want to pivot us during the break where you're talking about this. You know, something I always like to highlight on this show is that people that are artists are also business people. They're also entrepreneurs. They're also, this is a thing. This is real, right? You can be an artist and 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 be in business yep pay your bills right yeah pay your bills you know support your families um all those things so you do that mm-hmm. you are you have a business what is your business Anadine Art LLC. Although I meet with my accountant in two weeks, I think we're switching it to an S core. Um, okay. But Anadine Art. That's, that's a show. Name of my business. That's a show. One day I should bring in some artists and then like an accountant or an attorney to talk about the different. Business yeah. structures that you can have as an artist be really valuable. Um, okay, so so how long has your business been like active? I mean, when did you when did you first maybe start understanding that you could you so, could support yourself and others by doing this? I graduated with my MFA. Prior to my MFA, I was focused mainly on teaching, and I was making art, and I was selling occasionally. Uh, but it wasn't really that big of an issue that I was having to worry so much about taxes. Uh Um, And then after I graduated from Winthrop, I became artist-in-residence at the McCall Center, um, which, like, stepped up my game instantly because all of a sudden I was selling these really big pieces to Atrium Health, and um, I started getting some pretty big opportunities. I did a huge public art project for um, Miracle Park and Rock Hill, and so I, I quickly learned that I've got to, like, get my life together and, like, get some help. 
Because um, the tax man is coming. Yes. And so I took a workshop through the South Carolina um, Arts Commission, I think it was, and um, they put me in touch with a local small business owner, um, like... He's he works at Winthrop and he's he helps people with small businesses to get things set up and That's get great. your books in order and um, make a business plan and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I met with him and um, so I'm I, by no means an expert on all things business, but I do feel like I'm I'm starting to um, get more consistent financial yeah. sales and I'm I'm starting to work with um, some bigger clients and so things are starting to fall into place. Yeah, and your and your savviness, right? I mean, you're starting to approach. You're thinking about it. Right. There's just so many different paths you can take as an artist, and there the problem is when you get out of like if you go to a trade school, you pretty much know if you get a degree in plumbing, you're going to get out and you're going to become a plumber and you're going to do great. But in art, there's there you're treading fresh snow. There is no blueprint, right. right? There's millions of different ways that you can make a living, but you have to find the way that's true to you, mm-hmm. um, that makes sense to you, where you feel valued and you don't feel like you're... It was really important to me to be authentic and to not feel like I was just chasing the next sale. I didn't want to just keep cranking out the same pieces over and over again. Right. It's important to me that I feel like my work is still conceptually strong and that um, I'm passionate about what it means and not just... So no price prints. tag on it. I don't make prints. I have made prints before um, for different fundraising, usually for fundraising. Um, but I don't. My work just doesn't translate well right. into prints. It's, it's well, no, it's so it's three D textural. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. so. So yeah, it's textural. It's three D. Right. It's three D stuff. So 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 what? So tell me more because I like like tell the audience that's that's listening to like so what are some of the clients in the area you know that you have created custom custom pieces right yes. for so um i'm doing i have multiple kind of streams of income <laughs> coming in from different projects but i'm starting to do more big pieces i love making big work anyway and a lot of people don't define have, big well the stuff that's at the cane center right now my the oil derrick that you're talking about which is called ripple effect and it's on the top floor it's an mm-hmm. 18 foot long piece yep. that goes 12 feet in the air and so most people don't have a space in their home for a giant oil derrick that's going to, you know, lift up into their ceiling tiles. Um, So I've found that working with hotels, working with apartment complexes, working with corporate clients, they have these really big spaces. And they're, I've been really lucky to work with people that not only, they don't want a piece to decorate their space. They want something that can help their employees or the people that live there um, to stimulate different ideas and conversation. And Mm -hmm. that's, that, I feel good about that. Like it's something that I'm doing that's still conceptually true to myself, um, but it also is creating really big art that can make an impact on a lot of different people and not yeah. just art people, not just white cube people that go to these, you know, gallery openings. When you have art that's in an apartment complex or in a corporate space, lots of different people walk by yeah, and see it yeah. every day. So it creates different types of conversations. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I'm working right now on a project for a apartment complex in Charlotte, and it used to be the former life of this building. It was a coal and ice factory. So I'm making this sort of iceberg cloud 
pixelated sculpture, and it's these acrylic cubes, the top of which are filled with these beautiful old handwritten ledgers from the 1930s of the ice deliveries that um, left this building. And the bottom cubes are filled with crushed coal. So like the coal that's in the Kane Center right now, I'm reusing it, but in a different way. So it's going to be this really kind of beautiful, amorphous um, stack of these pixel cubes. That's what I was working on today right before I came here. That's so cool. Yeah, and I'm working on another project for a different apartment complex. It's going to be the biggest thing I've ever made. It's 30 feet by 30 feet long. Wow. And it's going to go about 30 feet in the air, and it's based on the flight patterns of birds. And the idea is that when you're flying home to roost at the end of your day, that you get out of this sort of repetitive pattern of your work day, and you're coming home, and you're going to be able to relax. So I've got these triangles that are like four by four triangles um, that'll be on this spiral and then they kind of just break off into space. So um, it's it's really beautiful and I'm really excited about that. That is so cool. Oh. So 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 th- so listen up folks out there. <laughs> so if you're a business owner or you you know have a or if you're a business owner that has a large building, right? A large space, maybe it's a co-working space, maybe it's a, you know a, just a large you know, office building, or maybe it's a large, uh, you know, apartment place or something like that. Go, got to be careful about that here. People get sensitive about apartment buildings coming around here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bill was that too. Was that careful? Bill's like, oh, there come the calls. <laughs> um, so, but if no one's listening anyway. Um, so, <laughs> so if uh, if if you are, you should reach out to Anna. Anna, how can people find you? My website is anadeanart.com. And I'm on Instagram at also Art. Yeah, and they can contact you through, through there. And so how do you balance, you know, it was interesting, earlier you said a phrase that, you know, if I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this a little bit. Um, you, you said something to the extent of that, you know, you got to the point where you were like, you, you like doing stuff where you can just let it be what it is, mm-hmm. right? And kind of allow it to be free, if I'm saying that. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm definitely kind of, you know, screwing that up, but something to that extent. Right, right. So how do you approach someone coming to you and saying, we want, we love your art, mm-hmm. we're inspired, we have this big, great place, we want something that you do in it. Mm-hmm. How does that work? So... Um... Usually I'll meet with a client and I'll, I love to hear their stories and like what's special to them. And I find something in that conversation that connects with me because mm-hmm. I have to connect with it. I'm not just going to I'm not interested in creating somebody's logo or like making something that matches their carpet or whatever. Like I, I have no interest in that. But if there's some kind of thread that's running through the conversation that that connects to me on some level, then I'll usually create, I, I'm a prototyper. So I like making prototypes, but that's I cool. also use a 3D modeling program um, to make 3D renders so that they can visualize. Because I've learned that a lot of people can't really visualize what a sculpture is going to look no, like. No, of course not. So there's a program called Fusion 360. Oh, that's cool. Great. I didn't hey, you know they have stuff like that. Yeah, I can render it. I can put it in a That's space. so neat. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Mm, technology. All right. <laughs> integrating integrating technology into art even. Who to yeah, thunk? Steam. Who to thunk? Yeah. Well, all right. Well, Anna, thank you so much for joining us thank today. You so much. It's really been an honor to have you here. Folks, hope you've enjoyed listening to Anna. Again, Anna Dean Art, 
Anadineart.com. Yes. Right? Anadineart.com. Follow her on Instagram as well and everything. Come see her exhibit at the Kane Center uh, running through the end of October. Come see a show and see the exhibit or just come by during the day and see an exhibit. Come sit down in that beautiful lobby, do some work and enjoy some art and have conversation around it. Yes. All right. So thank you again for coming. Thanks for listening to Know This Scene, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, W290DK, Mooresville, Lake Norman, North Charlotte.